This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oak Bridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biotish. He says, Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anaceti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag and Oak Ridge Wealth Management. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? We're doing all right. We got one of my favorite people. Oh, can you hear? Can you hear Maple making a? I can appearance? hear. I can hear her. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, she's just like that. He doesn't want to ever go to sleep. He just wants to party. As BC knows from this weekend, he, <laughs> Daddy just wants just wants to party. Uh, I am thrilled to have Brian Calhoun here because we had a very nice conversation about a lot of things, and also Brian has a lot of strong thoughts about the Badgers, which I appreciate. Because we need them right now, good <laughs> and bad. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll punt it back to you, Matt Perkins. I mean, you don't have you. Well, you might as well just pitch it to your former teammate, Brian Calhoun, is back, uh, returning champ here with us once again. Last time we saw uh, BC was right after the spring game, so we figured it was the perfect time, midseason check-in, to check back in uh, with one of our uh, favorite All-Americans. So BC, it's great as always to see you. Thanks for having me, guys. I uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me back me back on again. So the, the last episode must have been a good one. So I appreciate it, guys. DC, you better get ready to come back a lot, dude. <laughs> Not only you're a handsome young man, but you oh. know football. Oh, I appreciate it, Bernie. That yeah. means a lot coming from you. <laughs> also, also, let's be real. You would have been the best running back in this offense. Uh yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you could catch. You were fast. Yeah, it's it's office built for maybe guys who have a little bit more lateral quickness. Uh, James White would have been really good. Um, I think Anthony Davis would have been really good in it. Um, there are some guys that you know this system kind of fits more so than others, but you can be successful either way. Well, we'll totally. But let oh sorry, yeah, well, okay, well, we we will talk about all of that here coming up. We got to get our gamble read before in we here. do though. Got to remind all the good folks listening at home, on the road, wherever you are consuming this podcast, 
that we are presented by betonline.ag where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs you name it they've got it over there at bet online head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-b bet online where the game starts i will start it off by punting it back over to bernie and uh letting letting you two backfield mates uh Pave the way. These ad reads that they listen, I know we have to do them, but they take forever. <laughs> but it's all good, Matt Perkins. You do it as fast and as beautifully eloquent as possible. It's okay. Well, BC, let's get into the nit and grit of Braylon Allen only got 18 touches. 21 if you catch if you count the catches. I don't count catches. It's a it was a fist fight game. He averaged 4.8 yards per carry. Your thoughts on the run game and why are we not? We've always hitched our wagon to it. Why are we not doing that now? I'm just throwing this out there. Yeah, I mean, and especially in a game like this, right? Like, you, like there are certain games on the schedule that you knew, all right, like this is going to be a fist fight. You know, we're going to run the ball um, and only pass out of necessity. I mean, I, I know early on, I think I remember seeing a quote or something from Coach Fickle about he wanted to keep um, – both the running backs around 18 carries or 18 touches. I mean, I think the game plan can shift just because obviously Chez is, is out with injury. Um, I mean, in my opinion, yeah, I think, I think he's a guy that in certain games you're like, all right, man, uh, you, this is going to be the game, right? There was times. And I, I remember um, coach white and coach Chris, when I played in 05, there was times like, Hey, we're going to feed it to you and feed it to you often. Right. And like, so you have the mentality of like, you know, you're going to carry a lot. There's games where, you know, I think I had 40 some carries um, against Bowling Green one year that, you know, in 05, I think I had another 35, 36 against North Carolina on the road. Um, so, I mean, there's just games where you got to rely on it. And I think this was a game um, that you should rely on, especially when, uh, you know, Tanner went down, you know, you literally turn around and hand the ball off, you know, to Braylon Allen and, and see what he can do. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I agree. I, I think we have that workhorse. He's proven, and he was having a good game. Listen, I'm all for keeping him at 20, 18, 20 touches. I'm happy for him. However, the game, the, everything has switched. The second Chess went down, our backup is a fullback, which I love, but it's, it's not the same. You know, this offense is not built around Jackson Aker. Right. Um, although I do enjoy watching him run, I enjoy watching Brown Allen get the ball up but this you know we always went into the big 10 games it's funny how you say um bowling green and uh north carolina because games you wouldn't even think you would rush right. 40 times and you know you know i was a fist fight you know their defense is good right. their offense is horrible and you and also we were at the game it was cold rainy and windy yeah all those things to me i would be like man chin strap buckled right make sure you get your you know everything set up because you knew it was going to be yeah. a violent run attack um, I think it's but outside of, dude, yeah, give me it. All right. I think it's a change of philosophy though. Right. So, you know, the offense that we played in, it was, it was the run set up the pass. Right. And so no matter mm -hmm. if it was Bowling Green, no matter if it was Michigan, no matter if it was um, North Carolina, Iowa, we ran the ball to set up our pass. And obviously we had some really good dynamic playmakers, Brandon Williams, Owen Daniels, Jonathan North. So we ran the ball to set up our play action, to set up our screen game. And so I think right now we're kind of in this weird like identity crisis um, about I don't you know I don't know 
what we can hang our hat on, if that makes sense. And, you know, and I, I, I hear and read about everybody's like, well, he doesn't have his, the right players for the system. And I, I guess I'm confused by that because, you know, three of the top five receivers are, are transfers. Now, and I will, I, I will say that CJ didn't obviously play a lot last year as a true freshman at USC. Um, Paulin didn't really play a lot. Now he's probably one of our better receivers. I think uh, Chim has enough skill set. It doesn't matter which system he's in. He can be successful. Bryson Green, right, uh, played in a similar kind of open offense. So, like, when you say he doesn't have his guys, I, I don't know exactly what you mean. I, I think you can make your argument for defense. Sure. That's not the right system for some of the guys we have. But offensively, it's like all those alignment are all four stars or five stars. At, at some point, whether that, you know, we could talk about the race system another day, but that at some point, uh, you bring in two transfers. I think one alignment hasn't played yet, right? Renfro, well, Renfro still has yet to take a snap. Right. And so, like, when you, when you say we don't have the right players, I don't know exactly – what you mean. And I, I guess I'm, I'm frustrated because I think a lot of it is the optics of how it looks, right? We're four and two. You shouldn't be upset about that, but it doesn't look like a lot of good four and two, right? Like, um, even the you know, wins have been right, like ugly, a, right? Yeah, like they've been like, like, the Ru- nail, yeah. like the Rutgers game was an ugly win. Yeah. And, and that was you an know, ugly win. And shout out to Rutgers, right? They're much improved, but right, like it, it was not pretty. Um, but like having, I, I just feel like things that I guess frustrate people and fans, and, and me being a fan now is that you know, like the penalties. We've had a bunch of games where we've had five, six, seven, eight. I think, you know, we reached double digits one time. The drops, um, you know, and I, I think when you have those things, the turnovers, I think we've had a couple of turnovers almost every single game. Like, it doesn't matter who the coach is. When you have those things, you're not playing winning football. And so, therefore, when you're going against an, an Iowa team that has a backup quarterback, right? I mean, he, you know, the game before he was like nine for 21, right? Like, to me, it's like, all right, cool. We're going to attack the quarterback and we're going to run the ball and make this a four-quarter game. And I just feel like, although it was only 15-6, it really didn't feel that close because we had no flow because you back to the identity. You have no idea, like, what are we going to hang our hat on? And right now, I don't think we have that. And I think that's what's the frustrating part is, like, yeah, we're in a transition year, but it ain't going to get any easier. I was telling Bernie the other day, it's like, cool, we're, we're done with divisions after this year, and you're going to add four teams in the next two years. It ain't going to be easier. So this was the year to be like, all right, let's let's ride it out, and then let's get our guys in here and see where it goes. So well, I guess I'm I mean, they're not just like adding teams; they're adding four top twenty-five teams, right? Right, yeah, and right. Like that, all those conference are, is balling. Yeah, <laughs> it's balling, and it's divisions. At least when we talk terms of getting to the championship, should be in Wisconsin's favor because they're in the West, which is probably the worst division in power five football or has been the last couple of years i mean it's bad and this and it's been the worst west division since almost it started like it's it's not good and i think that's what people are frustrated about because it doesn't look like we have an identity it doesn't look like we have to hang our hat on something and it's a pretty weak division first off i would love to be in the west with our teams that we have Oh, oh my man. god, it would be great. We're going to the Big Ten championship every year. With, <laughs> like maybe Iowa would have put up a fight, but like that would have been it. 
Um, you, you mentioned not having an identity. I don't disagree with you. I think we're missing, I think on offense, we're missing one piece. I think we have QBs. I think the O-line needs a little help, but I also, I think we're missing a, don't, not just because you're here, but a Brian, like a Ches Malusi, a Brian Calhoun type guy, right? A mix it up. I love Braylon Allen, but in this offense, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Right. So I think that's the piece we're missing. Yeah. But I think we're still trying to figure it out. Listen, we got guys who didn't come into this offense who are still learning. It's not like they just showed up and like, here it is. hundred percent. I, um, I agree with you. And I think I told you the other day, I, I personally, you know, if you look at historically the guys that we've had at the running back position, right? Like the guys who are bigger, you know, bad guys. You think about Ron Dane, um, you think about John Clay, maybe PJ Hills in that category. Like, I think they flourished at Wisconsin because we were uh, a run first to set the pass. We had a tw- we had a tight end and we had a fullback. I think they're that's their style of play. Mm-hmm. And I think that allowed them to be great. Um you know, and obviously Brady, I think, fits in that category. So I don't like just six games in looking at it from a scheme standpoint. I don't know if it's like the absolute optimal, you know, offense for him. It is for more of a lateral guy, because that that's the one thing that concerns me is when you see Braylon back there in shotgun. All right, his first movements are usually lateral for a guy that's two, almost 250. That's usually not the case. I want to go downhill and be able to see what I'm looking at. And sometimes when you're in a shotgun and you're coming from one side or the other, you don't see it as clear. Um, and so I think that's something that's an adjustment. We're going to have to figure it out this season because, you know, I know we got. Hey, BC, go, talk about that again because a lot of people don't get that. As I've been saying it all side, year. I've been saying no, it all year. Yes, but BC has actually done it. I know. I've, I think I did it like three times. So, but, but talk about the different mentality between coming from the side of a QB than standing seven yards back and coming, looking at everything kind of open up from both sides. Yeah. And I, I personally liked it. I wasn't the biggest guy, but I liked it because you had full vision of the entire field. Right. And so therefore every, after every play was called, I'm able to look at the defense, you, you know, your landmark, you know, your read, and then you can play football. Right. But when you're in shotgun, um, and if you go back to, you know, those years in 2005, like we didn't run a lot out of shotgun. We actually probably never ran out of shotgun. We did a lot of screen passes out of shotgun, but we didn't run anything. We ran everything from the eye because a, you have a fullback that protects you, right? Makes you right. Thank you, Bernie. It makes you right. Um, but it also allows you to see the field. So when your first steps lateral, a lot of times your shoulders are already turned. Um, you're not able to see and square up. Um, and it's just, I think it sometimes puts a running back at a disadvantage if that's not the style of play or that's not your game, right? If you have some maybe smaller, shiftier guys, it's easier to jump cut and get from hole A to hole B. Like I said, Anthony Davis would have been amazing at this because he was so good at jump cutting. Um, James White the same way. It you know it just naturally tends to be maybe smaller guys. But if you look at the NFL, right? Derrick Henry has a fullback and a tight end. And he's in eye a lot. He doesn't run a lot of his runs from the shotgun. Now, if you go down to Miami, and those guys are all track guys, they run a lot of their stuff from the shotgun. Like, it, it's a proven thing. You know what I mean? So I, I just think that he does better going downhill. It, but, the, you know, the office is a change. So then now we got to figure out, well, how are ways that we can adapt to the guys we have? And I think that's probably my biggest frustration is I don't know if we've adapted 
what we what the coaches have brought in to the players that we have. Like, what does Braylon Allen do really well? Does he run um, power really well? Does he run, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we've adapted. What do the receivers run? Do they run slants really well? Do they run crosses really well? Do they run curls really well? Like, we, I don't know if we've adapted to the guys we have. And I think that's why we see such, I mean, like Tanner has three touchdowns in the year. Like, we, we ran, we, like ran Joel Staub out of town by the end of his career, right? Like, wanted Cone to be replaced with Graham Mertz, right? Ran Gr- Graham Mertz said he wasn't good enough. Like, But Tanner has three touchdowns in six games, right? To me, that needs to be addressed. You know what I mean? And, like, and I guess that's the frustrating part. It's like, we, you know, we wanted change, which I'm all for. I always support Wisconsin. But, like, the optics doesn't look great when we say we're doing this and, you know, Tanner has three touchdowns. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I like what Tanner's brought to the table. Like, he's athletic and he's moved. But, like, three touchdowns for six games? Our, our skill guys are better than that. Way better. I think our, this might be the best group of skill guys. When Chez was healthy, we, I think – we were I would flip that group up with yeah with a lot of guys absolutely. I think we, you know you're missing like a an Owen Daniels or right. Um, what am I blanking? Travis Beckham. I do like Tucker. Tucker's going to be a stud before he leaves. Ashcraft, yeah, he's yeah. he's definitely looked good, but he's also been yeah. thrown into the fire very quickly <laughs> because yeah. of the lack of depth of the tight end room, and I think we've seen some issues there. I think that uh, you know Rucci has had some ups and downs for mm-hmm. sure. He's dropped a couple balls. I think he had that fumble um, in uh, I want in in one of the games recently, and I think that there is still I don't know for me the offensive issues actually really stem on the offensive line, and uh, and I know that it, it's going to be as big a transition for that position as any because of what they're asked to do, how they're even lining up, and how they're mm-hmm. setting right, and so that is expecting a lot, but at the same time offensive line is at least supposed to be the signature position for Wisconsin. And it's been an underwhelming unit for three years now. And this they're, they're being asked to do more pass protection, obviously in what they're doing. And Mm -hmm. you've seen one of the issues they haven't been hold up, able to hold up for longer in pass protection. So they go to these quicker and quicker passes. And that's why you see Tanner Mordecai ending up with in some games, you know, averaging 4.7 yards per attempt, which is Mm -hmm. awful, which is like, genuinely awful and that's why i think for a, it's a large reason why wisconsin is 115th in the nation in pass efficiency offense that's Oof. bad Oof. that's really bad Oof. and you know the if you look to more you know advanced stats look at like pff like for wisconsin like the team receiving report is like they are the fifth worst uh power five team in receiving grade the only teams that are worth are, are iowa you know boston college northwestern utah and north carolina state like it's not it's, it's not pretty rough and two of those it. teams don't have their quarterbacks in iowa right. and in utah so these stats it, are very hard to hear it is yeah. and they're hard to hear especially when we were expecting a lot yeah. well okay Let's, we'll talk about expectations because that's – I think everyone's expectations, mine included, were going to be we're not rebuilding. We're getting right into mm-hmm. it. But then, you know, I started to mold a little bit. BC, question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's – are we coaching to what we want to coach? 
to like the scheme that we want or, or what you said, are we coaching to the guys and the pieces we have right now? I, I think it's probably a, a, an internal battle of both, right? I, I think, you know, you had this game plan of like, this is what we want to be and this is what we want to do. And then I think trial and errors, sometimes those things work. And more often than not, lately, those things haven't. And so, therefore, this is kind of a clashing of two worlds. I do agree with your point, Matt um, Perkins, that, like, you know, offensive line is, I think, the biggest transition because they're asked to do a lot different stuff. And I guess, you know, the the struggle is going to be, you know, like, obviously, we're bringing guys in next year as far as freshmen. But, like, that group is going to have to just get better, right, in the offseason and get more acclimated to that system. Um, but I, I think the expectation, but here's it. Okay. I, I think the expectation was realistic because number one, you go out, Macintosh makes the decision to get rid of PC, right? Which is like a hometown kid. He's had a lot of success there. It was just stale. Um, you, you know, then you decide to hire fickle over, um, Leonard, which probably top three or four all-time Badgers ever, right? So when you when you make those decisions in kind of in a row, the expectation is high. You go out and get a guy like Luke Fickle who has been in the playoff. The expectation is high. Their media team did an amazing job to create buzz in the spring. Those set your expectations to be high. And so – it, and also, it, we got a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Right. So, and so, and so it, it, like, you can't say, hey, we want more exposure, which I'm not saying they have. But, like, programs are like, we want more exposure. We want this. They want this. NIL, X, Y, Z. But then, you know, if you don't perform, uh, you know, maybe the expectation is high. So, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. But, like I said, it's – it's it, the Big Ten's changing. And, and so you, you, you had to make a splash hire. I get it. But now it's like things are going to get tougher. And, and now it's like, well, you know, I think high school recruiting is going to be kind of changing the next few years because now you're going to spend, you know, maybe half your class on high school kids, maybe half it on recruits. Not maybe not Wisconsin, but in general. Um, and like, so who's really going to give some coaches four or five, six years to build a, build a roster, right? Because now with all this money being thrown around, if you're not successful, I don't know how some schools are going to be able to operate if you're not being successful. And I think that's where we got to be, you know, careful because we got to get buried in a hurry because like I said, we got two new teams next year, then two more teams next year. So the expectation is always going to be high, right? And as it should be, right? We need to to raise the level of play, not lower the expectation. I think we can give our team a couple years to let them actively recruit and get the guys – you Bernie, yeah, Bernie, we can say that objectively because, like, we were there. You were there for five years. Like, so you know the process, right? Like, but but nowadays, those days of guys being around for five years. That's true. And the, and like, then you had a guy who was there for three years stepping in for two years. You know what I mean? So it's 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 just the landscape has changed. Sure. Yeah. But the recruiting class is solid for next yeah. year, though. That's I, I nice, agree. but like, when does that come? So, if you are three years on, when, the road. when does that come to fruition? Like, when those kids are like, when like, you know, hopefully, you know, typically, it's really not until your third year on campus that guys are really, really contributing. 
right historically maybe a second year push but how many like first year true freshmen are like you usually have what, one or two a class right this year there is one true freshman who's really contributing it's tucker ashcraft yeah in in this class and that's it <laughs> and so you know do but in now in now in college football in 2023 2024 next year my god we're getting old we are seeing that if you're not having success in two three seasons as a coach you're gone you're gone and and, and it's not good enough and it is i don't think that you know Macintosh sort of went all in with fickle in a lot of ways right he easily could have just let Paul Chris keep going, uh, named Coach Leonard the the next guy, and it would have been smooth and would have been safe. But he, you know, went, you know, to a guy that a lot of people really wanted. And it has, you know, the early results are not what people wanted, and people get mad about it because they've yeah. been built up and told that things are going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, immediately. And there's a just a general lack of patience across the college football landscape. It doesn't help when you see Graham Mertz now being like the number one passer in the SEC, right? He's putting up more yards than anyone else down there. It doesn't help when, you know, you lose, you know, uh, that game against Iowa, obviously, but the Washington State game as well. And now things come, come tricking out. Oh, you know, Luke Fickle is 2-13 and 13 against ranked opponents in his coaching career. Right. All You know, all these sort of things start to come out, and then the doubt starts to creep in. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I, I think that we're getting too early for that personally, but yeah. there are plenty of people out there who oh, are saying that, you know, this is a big issue. Well, and here's the thing. So, you know, hypothetically, say we go, what, nine and three this year, say nine and three the next year, maybe 10 and like nine and three the next three, four years, right? Mm -hmm. Like to me, is as Badger fans, is that good enough? Because it because historically, we've been a nine and three team historically mm -hmm. for the last twenty five years. So I understand the splash. I just I think people lose patience because now they look at all the resources available, the transfer portal. Um, you know, obviously I think Wisconsin's brand a very strong brand, um, and so I think people just lose patience. But like we go nine and three, nine and three, eight and four, ten and two, right? But that's what we've done in but 20 see, years. Like, literally, we had every third year, there was like a really big year. Mm -hmm. And then you're like nine and three, eight and four. Like, you know, 2000, was it 2001, Bernie? They didn't go to the bowl game? Yeah, we didn't go to the bowl right? game. Right. And then two, so, so, like, there's times, and I think people do need to be patient, but it's the landscape has changed. And if you wanted to make a big splash, you did. I, I still think that's it's a good hire. But if if we're if we're nine and three nine and three and like you said if if we're if he's five hundred against ranked opponents or you know uh, we no longer have an edge at at home field advantage you start looking at people sideways saying like hey man you know but BC do our expectations do our expectations do our expectations change due to now the the what is it like the the uh, difficulty of it's like gymnasts who do difficulties mm -hmm. is, is the difficulty of the big 10 now do we have to change our bar because we do we're we're accepting four amazing teams we're not getting any you know schlubs out there so like is a nine and three bad based off of the new big 10 
I think 10 and 2 is not bad, but 9 and 3 I would not be happy with. Right. Well, I mean, we're all going to be ranked. We're all going to fist fight each other. Well, well, and here's the thing when the playoff moves to 12 teams, right? You, you can assume that maybe the, I wouldn't say assume, but maybe the top two teams in the Big 10, SEC, Big 12, right? That's six teams. Probably the ACC champ, right? That's seven teams. So in theory, maybe you have five at large, a smaller school, whatever, whatever, right? Like you add in two teams. It's like, would we be would would we be good enough? And obviously, this is obviously looking in the future, but being good enough to be in that conversation with the idea of like we're gonna we might be nine and three, and I don't I don't know if nine and three gets into a twelve team playoff. But I think 10 and 2 might. It may be depending on the year, but. Sure. So so that's, I think that's a really great point, Bernie, is like, do expectations change, right? Because at the time when the move was made, I don't think it it was out that, um, you, no, USC, bringing, USC were coming. and UCLA yes. were already announced. Yeah, well, Oregon we and Washington been, weren't. But, you know, when, when they made the move, that had been announced earlier in the fall. Yeah, so. I, I, I'm with you, Bernie, but I, I just feel like you should, if, if you know, like they say, I, right, see, like I, say the standards to standard. Like, if this is our expectation, no matter the surroundings around us, I don't think we should move that. However, I think we're all smart enough to be like, it, it needs some time, and then we should evaluate, you know, after a certain point. However, I don't know if the I don't know if the current landscape allows coaches time like that. Um, and especially like Perk said, if 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 Mac just went all in, that's the standard, right? There's only been a handful of coaches that have been to a playoff, and one of them is our coach, right? And so sure that's, that's high coach. expectation. Well, and that's the thing, right? Because because I think a lot of the discourse was that the program had a ceiling under Coach Christ, and the his ceiling was going to be that you know ten and two. What was a ten and two? team maybe you know an 11 and one team but wasn't going to reach the playoff and fickle was supposed to be the guy who broke through that ceiling yeah and the first year results haven't been what people wanted and it is frustrating for a lot of people i know and it's it's hard to tell people hey wait just hold on trust the process right now when we are in a day and age of you know, you expect things to be fixed and handled immediately. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I think it's like when I said earlier, the optics of it, like mm-hmm. the, the losses and just the games in general haven't looked maybe up to people's standard. I think if you're four and two, it's like, all right, Iowa beat you by a field goal in a fist fight. Braylon had 25 carries for, you know what I mean? Like, I think if it was different, Washington State, Probably should have won that game. Didn't play a great first half. But, like, I think the optics of it just looks like, whoa, the, it, this, it's it's sinking. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's sinking. But but I think people just expected to us play better. Penalties, turnovers. Those are things you can control. doesn't matter your scheme. You can control your penalties, turnovers, uh, kicks out of bounds. Like, things like that. It's like, what is going on? Don't get us started with kicks out of bounds. It's just like Wait, so- Stuff like that, I think, is what's right. frustrating. I think our expectation when you hear the air raid, you got Phil Longo, you get these great coaches, is we're going to score 30, 40-plus right. points a game. And to score, I think everyone's expectation was that. 
mine was too. I'm like, oh, we're going to score 30 points a game and win because we just outscore people. And that's not happening. So everyone is freaking out. Mm -hmm. I think we just got to stay the course. Yes, maybe coaches don't get enough time to be like, have a generation of a student because the generation of a student could be two years now. It's not four or five years. I think we just got to hold it out and say, let's give him a chance. Uh, He is a proven coach. Let's let him get his dudes in. And let's see what he comes up with in the next. Listen, this year might be a tough year for us. I don't want to say it, but it might be. But hopefully next year and year and everything's building. Did you see up. the schedule the next year? Yes. It's not getting easier. Yeah, good job. It's a beast of it's a schedule. And I, I will say, you know, you talk about, you know, they haven't had like a dominant win. I guess Purdue is the closest thing that they had to a dominant win. But even that, like. They, they didn't really pull away until the fourth quarter. I mean, they're one in five against the spread. I don't like to talk gambling very much, but Wisconsin has covered one game, and that was the Purdue game. Besides that, they have, you know, and, and so we, we talk about, you know, they haven't even had like that dominant performance where you see the real sparks of the offense. Like, oh, I see, you know, what this really could be. Once you really, because even right now, like, oh, even if they get the guys in there, I still don't know if I see you know, right. what it is or what it what it could be. We haven't gotten the glimpses of that yet where we've had like three, four, five consecutive drives, you know, where you're getting a touchdown every single time. You're like, oh, this yeah. is like, it's it's humming, right? It's it's humming like, like the second quarter of, of BC's Bowling Green game, right? Like, yeah. you know, something we're like playing, that. We're playing, we're three, we're three and outs for, yes. wait, we, we yeah. can't get the ball rolling Ugh. either. We can't find what's working because- you know, back in the day, you, you we we weren't that much three and out. Yeah. You were moving the ball. Like, I, I remember that. We were moving the ball. All right, I want to pivot to the defense because I still think we have some great skill guys. But I think we're in a complete new scheme. BC, I would love to pick your brain on this. I think we don't know the run fit, like our run yeah. fits. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing out of the defense that is a little more concerning? I Yeah, I think your lack of discipline and just um, what do they used to always say, Bernie, when we're we're playing? It's like play with your eyes. Like I feel mm-hmm. like guys is like are all over the place. Um, like, and I, I think Hunter Willers a stud. Right? He was going to be good no matter what defense. I think the skill guys are good. I think he's really good. I think Hallman. Everybody wanted to write him off last year as a, as a freshman, like playing really good football. Um, I, yeah, I, and you know, I think the lack of depth or maybe the lack of explosive D line play maybe it's coming to effect. Like we don't have a true Herberg, you know, Watt, Beagle type. Now, different offense, but we don't have a kind of like game changer, right? So then – then you got a Yeah, and so then therefore you got to play like cohesive, you know, strong style defense. And I think with the the style of play, I think it's probably built more to stop more type of spread, spread kind of teams. You got, right, you got more DBs, less D linemen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we're still getting gashed on on the yeah, and I think I think now I I think this side the defensive side is probably is going to take the most adjustment. I think not only from a scheme wise, from a coaching wise, I think also just emotionally. I'm just going to throw it out there, like like you know, it was just rough for a lot of them, right? No matter what the scheme, but like they're they're that side's going to take the most criticism because that side has been good for a long time right like even pre-jimmy and wilcox and aranda like they were they've been good and so i think it's very tough on the eyes 
when our defense is getting gashed, right? But I can't say they're not bad. I don't no, want to go bad. there. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean that. I think I think what exactly what you're saying is true. I actually think we have good guys in positions. I agree. I, agree. I think when you watch and you really watch the run plays that we're getting killed on. Yeah, I think there are two dudes through. in the same gap. You have. I think people are holding yeah, holding where their their eyes are supposed to be, and then they they peek. And we, you know, when you're a lineman, that's the best thing you ever did because then you just blow them out. Right. And if, if you peek in the wrong gap, like if you're a D line peeking in a gap, but the backer thinks a gap is his hole to his responsibility. Now you have two dudes in that hole and nothing in backside a. Well, and I'll, I'll go back to this, Bernie. But isn't that coaching? I I totally think it's coaching, but I think it's experience too. You have dudes who are playing a three four yeah. with. With a, I mean, it's but, a different scheme and everything. Yes. I do think it's coaching. Totally. Yes, but you know your gaps, your gap, right? We're and also in game gaps. six with a spring game, so I right? do think like, there is that. Yes, your gaps, your gap. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's just, it's just hurting me to watch like is. the run, it the is. runs. It is. Um, That's, it's just painful because we I, know, and especially I mean, Iowa, you know they're going to run. Yeah. They can't throw. Deacon Hill. We had him. We know we, we didn't even – I feel bad. I don't want to talk bad about Deacon Hill, but he had 37 yards. Yeah. Like, come on. I could literally – I said this, throw a bowling ball that far. Yeah. Um, so, know, I, I, I think it's – you're right. I think I think there's some misalignment. I think there is some mental errors. I think there is uh, a lot of thinking. A lot of thinking, not a lot of playing ball. I would say that's there. I would say that's hurting the Badgers maybe the most, even yeah. on offense. A lot and, of thinking, and so I think that's the frustrating part because we're not oh, used. You see, I it. love talking to you. I think mean, we're not used to seeing it. And here's the thing: I yeah. I think, like I said, I know Waller plays a lot in the box now compared to before, but to me, it's never good when your free safety. I mean, technically, is the lead tackler. Like it's never good. Yeah. I know he plays in the box more, so I get it. But like when he's your lead tackler, by far. And so I think, but I think mental errors, eyes in the wrong place, maybe wrong technique, that part can be fixed in, in coaching. Um, but it's also, it's like, I also would like to hear after the season from the coaching staff of like, what kind of guys are you looking for? Right? Like, so, so, so you can give an educated answer to the fan base to say, these are the guys that fit this scheme. So we like, because I really don't think, People know, like when people say scheme with my type of guys, like, well, what does that mean? So then we know, so we don't have to be as critical. We are like, well, guys, are his eyes in the wrong place. Well, are you looking for, you know, smaller rushers? Are you looking for big stout guys? Are you looking for smaller backers, bigger backers, longer corner? I know they've talked about longer corners. It's been taller and longer corners. That's I the only thing that. we know. It's, it's ta- long, tall DBs, and that's but about like, to it. Me, those backers are stout. They're fast. I think they play reckless and out of position at times. But like to me, that's a that's an average or a slightly above average group of linebackers because they can run, they can hit their physical. I just think they're all over the place. Um, I think Hunter obviously and Hallman, like that to me, they have the pieces, but I think it'd be better if you like, all right, these are the things to run this defense. These are the these are the guys we need. You know what I mean? And and I don't want I don't want them to call out people and be like, Well, this guy can't play for us, but I think it sure. gives people a true identity of like this is the program we're building by the players we're bringing in. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You I know, know another thing. I I think our backers. I listen. I totally agree. I think it's coaching. I think they play the way we want 
backers to play. They're fast, they're physical, mm-hmm. but I think they are trying to do too much. I yep. think there's some guys on the team, and when you try to do too much, you never do, do too much. You do you do less. <laughs> I think one thing I could I would knock our backers for, and I think this is the new scheme, is when we're in when they're dropping back in pass, they get to their zone, but they're not finding the guys, and. And it's it, it, it that was it's me being a couch potato and I'm not a defensive guy. Yeah. But it just seems like we're not finding the guys, so they're open. We're yeah, getting they're back. They're covering space. They're covering space and they're not they're not finding. So I think this is but this is a, the new scheme, right? Mm-hmm. It's not easy to just start doing that. Like we, everyone who everyone, even I'm like, oh, you just turn around and look for the guy. Dude, you have ten thousand reads, you're calling the defense, yeah. you're making guys you have to understand, like, yes, you watch film, you do all these things. But that's that's me talking after being in the same offensive scheme for five years. Dude, right. I can tell you what every single person did right. with all the calls, but I was there for five years. Right. These dudes are here for six games. Yeah. So let me add, let me throw this back on you. Do you think, and Perk, you too, do you think if at this point in the season, right, six games in, if something's either too complicated or we don't understand it, we should be just playing base offense, base defense, and not more so defense. Like if there's things that guys can't do, we can't do it, um, don't know how to do it. Then at this point, then we should just be in base or whatever it is they call. Because I feel I feel like when you do too much or you try to um, install too much, and guys aren't equipped to handle it, especially with this new system, I think their heads out there just spinning. And so instead of playing. You're a half step late. You're in a wrong gap. Guy goes flat. You know what I mean? Like, I think something's got to be done, right? Especially, like, at f- 15 to 6 Iowa after, like, we just had a bye, like, two like two weeks ago. Yep. Yep. And the game before that was Rutgers is a team that w- wants to run the ball first, too. So, it's <sighs> not like they hadn't been working closely on run fits for, you would yeah. expect, a couple weeks. And so... I imagine it is, but like you said, I mean, like we know, especially defensive backs are asked to do a lot of different things, right? We know Mm -hmm. they're asking to play a lot more man. Like they played basically stone. That's it. It's all they did for 10 years. And so they're being asked to play more man. And that's why you're seeing Hallman be more of a ball hawk because he's in Mm -hmm. position better. He's just better as a man corner anyway than he was as a zone (laughs) corner. Whereas Alexander Smith, I think it was the flip side. I think Alexander Smith was a better zone corner than he has been a man corner. But it's not like Smith has been a problem. I also just think that when you talking going back to Big Ten play and talking about like the personnel and the people that they want, they're small. Like you mentioned, BC, having your safeties lean tackle is rarely a good sign. And then, you know, Matry, the, the slot corner, is not a big guy. He's not a big guy. So if you think about like, okay, from the defense they had last year to the defense they had this year, basically you're taking away a, a a linebacker to put in a slot corner. And that slot corner is 70 pounds less than yeah. the, that outside linebacker. And couple that with the lack of depth and playmakers on the defensive line, which they really need. Like They really, really need James Thompson. Now James is hurt. James Thompson's been the only defensive lineman who's really sort of made multiple big plays. Yeah. And they're, I think, I feel like they're being asked to do things that they can't do. And so something needs to change uh, in terms of at least a stopgap for this season, because obviously you don't want to like throw away the season 
for any but by any way shape or form but you can't keep asking guys to do stuff that you know they can't physically do or mentally handle attention athletes do you want a frictionless and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future well look no further introducing oak bridge wealth management the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes led by wealth manager chris anasetti our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach ensuring your financial success both on and off the field we understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts that's why we've developed a proven process working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. Our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid, and long-term goal setting, portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Boulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oak Bridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings says, I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oak Bridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anicetti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And join the winning team. I would say, BC, it's a good question. I My opinion is, there, I can go two ways. You either are like, listen, 2023... We're just rocking with it. We're going to coach the guys. We're going to coach the guys the way we want them to play. And they're all going to get used to it. And if this season stinks, it just is the way it is. And we're going to come out next year having this much more experience. I don't think that's no coach ever has really done that. Yeah. But not saying it can't happen. Or, you know, it could be a mix. Like, we're just going to try to do some things because I want them to see it. I don't think it's going to be a straight base. But I do think we have to get the fundamentals right before right. you start doing all these other things. I don't know what the three three. If our D line is supposed to be these three hundred pounders, like they're supposed to be huge dudes, or right. they're not. I don't know that. But we've always had these interior dudes who were studs. Right. You know, you're, you look at you. Sheehy was a beast. Mm-hmm. Kendall Benton. We've always had dudes. When you have three of them, and you still have five fat old linemen and three. Not so fat D line, and you have three linebackers, but you know it's it's just we all say it's like six versus five, depending if there's a tight end or not. But you know, BC, you have to defeat one guy, and there's nobody left. Yeah, right. And and so so do I think it's base? No. Do I think it needs to get more aligned with base just so we can know what we're doing and yeah. bring some heat here and there? Yeah, I think on offense, let's just keep doing it. What is Braden Lock good at? And let's do that. Yeah. Let's, hey, I would, if I was the coach, which I'm not even close, I'd be like, hey, Braylon, get your chin strap buckled. Jackson yeah. Aker, every time we pass the ball and I don't want to throw it to a back, you're going in to block whoever's blitzing as fast as possible. O-line, strap it up, bros. Like, we're going to do it. I'm not stopping. So I need you guys to jump on board. We're yeah. going to start throwing some deep balls. 
hey green you had some you had some fantastic catches let's go deep and get them like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep rocking but braylon you're gonna get more than 18 carries i, I just want you know, <laughs> i know that that's my offense yeah. my defense is hey guys we're not in the right gap still we're still figuring it out okay fine we're gonna stick the base but i want to see some four-man fronts or maybe we're gonna mix it up a little bit start some run blitzes whatever it is to start confusing because you can go into this week and kind of mess around a little, but you can't go into Ohio State. BC, are you going to be there? <laughs> I mean, like, I was all gun ho before this Iowa game. And then I was like, I'm going to be there. But all I'm, I know, I, you know, I just love the opportunity to go watch the Badgers. Oh, like, 100%. Just, I just, uh, it's something different when they're on TV. Like, yes, I can talk all this smack, but I want to watch. I want to be there. But okay, neither here nor there. You cannot go in, into that game, Ohio State, and not be 100% aligned with what the game plan is. Yeah, they're, uh, they're going to be tough. Or it's going to be bad. Oh, uh, and so I, I'm with you, Bernie. Yes. I, I mean, I can't <laughs> you say. I think, yeah, I think it, and I don't, I don't watch the defense as closely, so I don't know. Sure. The percentage of time they're in three, three, five, or if they're in four, three. Like I don't know the percentage. I'm assuming um, that they do mix it up, and there's a little bit of mismatch. Um, but you know, I just think it's we're in a we're in a weird place because like the way we played last Saturday, we can go. I mean, you play like that, we can be seven, seven and six, right? Like. The way that's, they play, like that's that. I mean, that's realistic. I know people don't want to hear it, but the way they played last Saturday, right? You could be seven and five, or you know, yeah, like, you could be. You absolutely could be because if, if you can't move the ball, then when you do start moving the ball, you turn it over, and and you don't have your run fits when the other team is trying to run the ball out of the, uh, you know, run the time out of the game. That's a that's a pretty bad uh, recipe there for for the Badgers. And in one of the things that that has been, you know, I, I think my two biggest pet peeves on the year, we already talked about one of them kickoffs out of bounds. Like, dude, yeah. you literally have one job. You have one job and it's to not kick the ball out of bounds. And it's happened five times, I believe now, which is wild. Five wild. in six games. That's the fact that it even got to five. Right, like after probably the second one, it's like, all right, buddy. What what's happening? What's happening here? And the second one is the the lollipop snaps that are throwing the timing off on the offense. Yeah. So what have have they has anybody addressed that? Like I haven't they, heard they, anything. And... They've asked about it in press conferences, and they said that apparently uh, Bort was uh, sending them back too fast earlier in the spring so they asked him and like they were too low or something so they've asked him to like slow it down or something like that all i know is that even you know i am not the i'm not the play i'm not a former college football player i'm not a former college offensive coordinator but my eyes tell me that that is throwing off the offense because i watch a bunch of a bunch of other teams who run quasi similar schemes out of the shotgun and their shotgun snaps take less than half the amount of time to get to the quarterback and I, I don't know. That, that that's what I that that's what or too hard or something like that. That's what I heard at one point. So 
either way, they're not getting to the quarterback fast enough. And then they have less time to process everything. It's slowing down, getting the handoff to Braylon. I mean, we saw times, even on one of Braylon's touchdowns, you know, Mordecai had to do a freaking 40 inch vertical to grab one twist in the air and hand it off to him in the Rutgers game. Um, and that didn't come back to bite him there, but it's, comp- it's definitely thrown off the timing a lot. And, and that's for everything. And in such in an offense that is so reliant on timing and repetition, especially in the short passing game that you're using supposedly using to open up the run game, those bigger throws that it, it throws everything off. And that has been one of my biggest frustrations uh, just getting that on pace and getting that on track. And I know they brought in Renfro to be the center and he hasn't been healthy enough what, to play. What's but update on him? So he just, I thought he suited, he suited up the last couple of games, but hasn't played. Mm-hmm. They're being very uh, hush-hush about it. So, so that usually tells you that it's probably something more or more serious because that, because usually when you, usually when you suit up, <laughs> That means usually you're available to some mm-hmm. extent. Yeah. Um, hmm. And what, what was his ankle, right? Yes, I believe so. Oh, man. Well. Listen, what, what about our, but our yeah, kicker's been fantastic? Snaps, those snaps do bother me. But to me, yeah. it's like, well, okay, it's too fast or too low or too hard. But then it's like now they're the complete opposite. So now why can't we be somewhere in between? So literally, he – and maybe he is – he should be spending time after practice every single day throwing to a pad against the wall and a coach sitting there timing, catching, whatever it is. And he may be doing this, but like, that's how you correct things. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we're six weeks in and it hasn't been corrected. Um, And at first when I saw it, I was like, that looked weird, but (laughs) you know, I'm not a center. That looked weird. But then I was like, it keeps happening and happening and happening. (laughs) And happen and nobody's addressing it. So I mean that's weird, right? And they so, must be addressing it. I, I'm it. Sure they have to, right? They like have to be. It, they just might not have to, another option. God that would be like, hey man, we need to get this together, right? Totally. Like, yeah. So I don't I don't know if it's like in his head or like what's going on, or even a quarterback would be like, Cool, we're gonna we're gonna do fifty of these suckers after practice. Yeah. Right, like, and so I don't, I don't know the situation, but it does seem very weird and odd because I don't know if I've ever really seen anything like it before. Right, I, I think it's very bizarre. I will go with this: our kicker Vakos, he's done very well in my eyes. Love it, love it. I, I think he's done great. But he doesn't do kickoffs, right? No, he doesn't. No. It's Van Dyke doing kickoffs. Yeah. BC now one. Van Dyke got replaced last game, right? For the kickoffs. I wasn't I, I wasn't paying close enough attention during the I thought game. he got replaced, but I could be wrong. Um, but maybe I, I read that somewhere. But when I saw five, I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Like <laughs> I, I, I average one out of bounds a game. Like well, I mean, would have freaked out. You know, we played for coordinators, you know, special team coordinators where they would lose their head if like if it goes Not out of bounds. What about Coach Alvarez? Yeah. Dude, the, the, every single coach would be yelling at you. Different, wow. different, different whole everything. You can't get yelling kids that much anymore, or at least that aggressively anymore. Because BC, you and I, maybe not you, but I was getting MF'd. People were getting MF'd up, down, left, right. You know, A, B, A, B. Hey, you're getting he, that. You had like 35 lives. He would try to MF me all the time, and I'd just run away and go somewhere else. <laughs> I, 
He's like, hey, man, I, I'm tired, man. I ain't got time right now, man. I'm just trying to make it every play, man. You, yes. And and I think eventually he just gives up on you. Like, not a bad way, but he's like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, your thought on that fourth and one, go for it or kick a field goal? Um, I would have went for the points. Oh, and then, and I say this, I, I say this why? Because number one, we haven't been that great in short yardage situations. Number one, um, and it, it's that early in the game, right? It was, um, it was, it was the first drive. Yeah, I'm saying it was like it was, I thought it was the first or second drive, but like that early game, you know, it's going to be low scoring. Traditionally, the Iowa Wisconsin game is low scoring. Kick mm-hmm. the points, right, and and put yourself in a position like we're up three. Because sometimes when you're up, even if it's three points, you feel a little bit different, like you're in control, right? Instead, you know, you get stopped or, you know, you get and then it's a deflated feeling. And then mm-hmm. you start looking at the play sheet like, well, <laughs> what are we, you know what I mean? Like, what are we going to do? I would have kicked it. I understand the reasoning. But it's not like, here's the thing, Bernie, it's not like we have two tight ends, a fullback, and a well, running back. We went with 14 personnel, which to me was a little doofy. Right, but so, but it's not like that's that's not what we hang our hat on. That's not totally. To right. me, it's like cool. Uh, you you know you do that ninety nine percent of the time before, right? Because you put two tight ends, a fullback, mm-hmm. and we do what we do. Right. I'm pretty sure he went under center too. He went under center. Was the first, under it was center. the first snap of the so, game that listen, they took under I, center. I think it was. But like, why? Matt Perkins said, "Kick it." I said, "Go for it. Do a different play. Do something that's worth. You gotta I mean, get a yard." I mean, it was something else. It, it, was it a long yard? I don't remember. It was a yard. It, it was a regular old yard. It was not. Well, otherwise, you, so if you're not, to me, it's like I wouldn't go under center. If it was the going, longest yard. If you're going to do what yeah. you normally do, <laughs> then just have him quarterback sneak it. Right. Sure. If you're going to do what you're going to do yeah. at a shotgun, which is just weird to me because you're already five yards away. But then, like, that's the one downside, in my opinion, is short yardage. But, but at the same time, we don't go under center. So, so it's a. It's so a, I, I wouldn't have done it under center if if that was the case. What's yeah. your best short yardage play? You know, in this system, right. we're going to call that. And you, we're gonna go with that. And you also put in fourteen personnel, so then they're going to bring all their dudes. Everyone's in the box. Yeah. It's exactly what we don't want. On yeah. at, at least on the air raid, you want everyone spread out. And Braylon Allen usually can get a yard. Oh yeah, I, I mean, come on. I would have spread or went four. You know, four wide. You know, mm-hmm. two and two, and then. Run, run an RPO, run a quarterback keep, whatever. But like, run whatever, run a draw. Yeah, like, uh, under all year before yeah. that play. No, Did we under center at all. <laughs> that was the second play, or second or third play all year they'd been under center. Oh, the so other one, the, the other ones were the uh, when Will Pauling threw a pass on the like the the, the fake uh, Philly special, the Badger special, mm-hmm. or whatever they want to call it, uh, was one time. And I think there might have been one other time this year. The only other times they had taken a snap under center. I don't yeah, maybe I kick it now. <laughs> I just don't get it. This is why you have other coaches. Because BC, I would never coach a team without you. I bet BC, go for it. No. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna kick. Matt Perkins. No. Oh, I got a lot of people against me. I'm probably doing the wrong thing. Especially like our kicker is proven to be a weapon. He's good. Sure. And so like, sure. let kick get three points. Get up. And let's figure, figure out, okay, yeah. let's let's see out of our game plan, 30, 40, 50 plays, what's going to, what's really going to dial in it? And let's hone in on those plays. You know, I don't know. I just, I'm always in favor of going for points. But then again, 
if I had Bernie in front of me, it's like go for it. Well, yeah, but that's the difference. That's the thing, right? They he they don't have a lead block for that. Right. They don't have a, a jumbo set, a barge formation. They have mm-hmm. Braylon, and at this point, they have Braylon and Jackson. And right. yes, both of those guys probably could be fullbacks in a different life, yep. but at the same time, they're pretty much always lined up as you know single backs. Perfect. Now we could drop X's and O's all day. Perk, remember all those all those years of fullbacks. You can either hand it to the running back or you can hand it to the, the fullback. Back. Yes. Like, Ingold scored all of his touchdowns off of that. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, like, just, I, I, I don't know if, yeah. uh, you know, outside of Bernie, obviously, because I'm biased, but, like, I don't know if outside of, like, Brady Ewing, like, I don't think anyone could – Brady Ewing can get two yards with the best of them at all times. Yes. Yes. Don Chanel, the exact same way. When it was, you know, third and one, they do that little fullback dive, just go right over the guard. It was going to get two yards every dang time. Every dang time, and and they don't have that. I miss seeing that. I I mean, what I would have done, you put two guys in the – I put Jackson Aker in the backfield, shotgun, because that's what we're normal. Put him and Braylon. It's going to be a power to the right, and I motion a dude. Like a um, wildcat? No, I leave Tanner under, but I have him split. Split back. And I – and I motion a dude because it's going to be man to man. I'm still spread out. I motion a dude, the tight end, to literally over the tackle and have him block the freaking guy in front of him. Jackson Ager, it's power. Pull the guard. Like, that's it. Just power. Could that get a yard? I think so. I'd like I to think so, but I, I, I like so at this point, don't necessarily trust our offensive line on every play because well, yes. it's been a struggle. It's been a real struggle across the board. They have very the good defensive run blitz on that play, though. Mm-hmm. What? And so I haven't watched because well, how you're not going to have four. Th- I mean, yeah. how 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 perk? How have they like run blocked? It's been <laughs> fits and spurts, fits and spurts. I mean, I haven't. I, I feel like I would have to dive into some of like the the yeah. the next gen stats a little bit more to yeah. see how many like yards before contact uh, they have been averaging. But just from the naked eye, it feels like they haven't gotten a ton. Like the the, the, the times that they've had the big runs, it's like Ches made people miss in the open field. Yeah. Braylon runs someone over and gets some extra yards. It doesn't feel like they have been consistently blocking to get the back open in the second and third level. I just, I find it oddly weird. Not just this year, but like the last few years, like people said about O-line play has kind of declined, right? Mm-hmm. But, which is probably fair to say, like over the last couple of years. But then, but, but it's also the highest rated recruits that we've ever had at that position. Correct. So I guess I'm just confused, right? Like what happened to getting those guys that we had in the early 2000s and, and mid 2000s and early 2010s? I get it. It's different. But it's like we've had some of the best O-linemen ratings-wise the last six years. And somehow our O-line play has declined the last two or three years. I, I don't know what that is. I don't know. If, I, I don't know what the reason is. I just find that kind of odd, you know, like we need, you know, what I, mean? I just find that odd. Mm-hmm. Just, just from what I don't know this Badger team, like I know our, like I knew ours. But we had a bunch of bullies on the – not in, like, a terrible way, like, steal your lunch money bullies, but, like, guys who would try to bully the defense. And yeah. if you weren't on board, like, do you think, like, Donovan Rail or Klinkscale, Dan Benning were going to be like, oh, yeah, dude, cool. 
or, or we saw Ben Johnson. That's a big dude. The second yeah. he says, dude, you're not doing well, you're going to do whatever you can. And I don't know if we have that mindset. Like, take your school, like your lunch money. Yeah. You are not better than me. There no is. I, I would say, Bernie, that's a really good point because I think there is less of an edge than we've seen before. There's they, they don't have the, the psychopath. They, they, they don't have the John Moffat in the group who is going to, you know, yeah. do something a little, you know, maybe a little bit questionable, but you know is going to be the guy you want on your team when push comes to shove. Yeah, I just I just don't know the O-line like this. You know, I don't know them that well to know that it's yeah. not but but the leaders of the offense were 100 it wasn't the quarterback i mean it was 100 percent the o-line 100 percent. even when i was there with brooks like brooks was the leader of our team but the o-line was you know ben johnson al johnson these dudes were telling you if you were not good they were telling you you weren't like they were telling you you better get yeah. your together if, if you missed a hole they let you know about it <laughs> they let you, they, dude, if you stepped on their heels and you didn't do the right thing, they, and if you cut back the wrong way, like these guys knew yeah. what was up. They were well coached and they literally knew what you were supposed to do. And if you didn't do it or you didn't hit hard enough or you didn't do whatever they wanted you to do, they told you every time. Yeah. And I think, I think it, it, it is, it, it seems like that would, that could either go, you could either go down a hill and be like, man, I suck at football. Or you can be like, you know what? I'm going to go harder than these dudes. I'm going to prove that I'm better than these guys are telling me I'm not. Coach Uber, you gave me a compliment. I want 100 more. Yeah. You know, like that, I think we were, now, I don't know, but I think we were different dudes. Also, we were out, we were work our butts off and then yeah. go party our butts off. And not I, saying that I, that's good or bad, but saying we did everything 100%. I, just, I don't I, remember doing anything like 50%. And I got, and I hate being like, well, we did it back in our day, right? Like it, it was a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. But it just, you know, I think because JT ran for two thousand yards a night in two thousand nineteen, right? And that yeah, year that we lost and, and seventeen and nineteen, yeah, seventeen nineteen. So like, so you could arguably say, right, since twenty twenty, so which is COVID year, and now, so that's twenty twenty one, twenty two, and this is four years, right? Um. Right, the people have been saying it's been in decline, but we've also signed some of the better recruits. So I, I, it could be mentality. It, you know, I think it's easy to say it's coaching. Um, I know kids are different now. Like I, I get it. It's a, probably a combination of all those things. Um, I will say though, they have one kid who's a senior in high school right now who's going to be a freshman next year who has the nasty in spades. Uh, it's this kid Emerson Mandel from oh, yeah. the state of Minnesota who's going to play guard. Who look? Who already looks like he's a Big Ten guard? I'm very excited about him. I think. Yeah, and, and I thought that kid from Whitefish Bay a couple of years. His senior tape was pretty nasty. Um, Joe Brunner, yeah, Brunner, so, yeah. Brunner, I am a little bit surprised. Brunner hasn't really gotten any yeah, run. He's someone that I not only really like, but B play center, and I can't imagine that his snaps would be any worse. And C. Uh, is you know is, is someone who really impressed last year. Finished you know was playing in the, with the twos for most of last year as a true freshman and through the spring. And so he's someone that I would like to see um, as, as well. But you know we, we just we you know we don't know we're not in the meeting room, so, so it's hard to know right. And people are like yeah, oh where's not. Nolan Rucci the five star recruit who's like a redshirt junior now or whatever a redshirt sophomore now it's like why hasn't why isn't he seeing the field why you know and. We're not in there. We don't know. And so yeah. at the end of the day, like 
we can't assume to know more than the coach. That would be 100%. idiotic. But we can 100%. throw our uh, our, our opinions, however formed or misinformed that they are, uh, you know, especially when it comes to me, yeah. and, and, yeah. you know, it, uh, about w- what is transpiring on the field. And now, well, buckle up, guys. Buckle it's going to be fun. <laughs> but I don't think that, like, I think that the over the, the doom and gloom is a little bit overblown. I agree. They, they lost an ugly ass game to Iowa. How many, like, you guys lost ugly-ass games to teams you shouldn't have lost to, didn't you? Remember Northwestern? We lost Northwestern at Northwestern, and we put up 40 points on offense and lost. Yeah, that was bad. You talk about a team divided. Like, the offensive guys wanted to fight the defensive guys. We just scored 42 points and lost. You gave up 300 yards to a freaking freshman. Sorry, I'm still (laughs) pissed about this. You're allowed to be. But so like, I don't know. I, I just remember. I remember walking back in the locker room. People were pissed. But well, is is I, that then? Is I mean, maybe that's just the kid that you know. People were could voice your opinion and be pissed. I don't know. I I just you know from these losses, like we lost a UNLV one year, like that really hurt at Camp Randall. So like I've been a part of these horrible losses. We've lost to some teams at Camp Randall that you're like. How on earth did this happen? It's like a miracle that somebody else beat us. I think a lot of people forget those, right? Like, mm-hmm. forget you forget them. them. You forget. You definitely forget them. A lot of them were fist fights. Yeah. You know they were down to the end, but you you do forget them. You, it, yes, we forget. Them. But now our expectations, and I think this is same. a problem. From you had Russell Wilson, so we should always be Russell Wilson. Right. You had Which, Jonathan Taylor. We yeah. should always be. But but these are yeah. listen. I'm the same way. I think the same way. I'm not like yeah. dude. We went from Jonathan Taylor to Braylon Allen. Like oh my god, how did this keep happening? Well, I, we've had some really good running backs, but they're all not the same. I just want to be honest. Totally. Like, they're all not the same. Yeah. Right. We've had some really great, and our lineage of running backs is amazing. But they're all not created equal. Like Jonathan totally. Taylor is different, right? Like he's different than a Corey Clement. Okay, like, and that's fine, right? Like, but yes, I agree with you. But like, I, I think what we were twelve and one, John Jonathan's first year, mm-hmm. right? That was the Orange Bowl year, yeah. And then we lost to Oregon his third year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, but I don't know, right? Were we twelve and one that year in two thousand five? We were ten and three, but the next, for the next year, right? Next year they were oh, the 12. next year. That's what I'm forgetting. We were twelve and one, right, 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 right. And then. You know, they beat Arkansas, right? They shut down McFadden in that Brett's game. Second, Brett's second or third year, they went seven and six. Right, right. Like, and then he was, but then it was. Well, then you know they win games for the rest, rest of his game. But here's the thing: Russ' team went eleven, what ten and three, eleven and three. They had no business losing three games that year. They, no, they but they lost some like nail biters. But it, but it's just wild. Everybody's like, "Oh, Russ is that? That was the best team." It's like they were eleven and three. Like they were eleven and three. You know what I mean? Like the 2017, that was was that the year that we lost to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship by seven? In uh was that 17 or 18? Uh 17. Yeah, that was yeah, 17. So think about that. that was a 21-14 game. I was there. Right? Like that may change things if like if we win that game, right? Even the game that we lost to Penn State, I think, in Big Ten Championship, like by seven or eight or whatever. Like, like the to me, this program is not far off. It it hasn't been far off. Um, but we just, I just hope things as, as fans, I think we just need to be a little bit patient, 
right? Like, let's come back down to earth. Remember, there are there's always been some small rough patches here and there. And just let's ride the wave. Like, we can evaluate in five, six years. Okay, we can evaluate. But I think to do it six games in, although it doesn't look good, yeah. it's not necessarily fair. Right. We got to support the program. Right. And we could start dinging it in a year or two when it's it, – hopefully this is not the truth. But, but if it it's not going get, well in a couple get years. Harder. That's the test. Get harder. Get harder. The test that's, does that's get harder. harder. Hey, listen, there are years when we would play Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa. Yeah. And there are years when you in didn't play Michigan year, yeah. and Iowa. Yeah. Michigan and Ohio State. So you, it's it, it's always gotten harder. Yeah. Now we are adding some other teams, and we're also playing Alabama. Like we're doing things. Listen, I think we're we have to do those things to elevate the program. I agree. But we also have to be competitive and potentially win some of these games because we were the program was amazingly consistent, and it knew who it was. Mm-hmm. Didn't care. Didn't care if you liked it. Didn't care if you liked it. Didn't care if you liked three runs in a row. Didn't care if it was three yards, four yards, three. Didn't care because that's who we were for so long. Right. So I think the sooner this team finds an identity, whatever that is, whenever it happens, I think that's when you'll probably see the full, you know, fruits of the labor. But I think everybody's just hoping that it's sooner rather than later. I mm-hmm. would agree. I like we should end there. I think it's a perfect place to end. Get your identity, please. <laughs> Find your identity. Well, I don't Do care not what be... it is, just get it. Yep. And don't be a victory victim of identity theft. There we, there we go. <laughs> so, um, and, and that also means don't let the ball be taken from you. Please stop fumbling the ball. Um, with that, I think we are going to wrap it up here. Uh, like Bernie said, uh, with uh, our returning champ, Brian Calhoun. Thank you, as always, for hopping on with us. Thank you, you guys. everyone, for tuning in wherever you are to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Network, presented by betonline.ag and our friends at Oak Ridge Wealth Management. So, Until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.